Good morning, and welcome to our second week of Ready or Not, um, all about change. And maybe some of you already set um, your New Year's resolutions or your goals or your dreams. I know me personally, I've already broke all of the resolutions I set, and it's only January 15th, so I'm going to have to rethink some of my goals um, or resolutions, um, or maybe my New Year's resolution will be to set better resolutions next year. Um, but I'm so excited. Um, normally on Sunday morning, I am in our kids' environments or um, I'm preaching at our, one of our partnering churches. But this week, um, some change came my way. Uh, Pastor Taylor said that he felt like he needed to be somewhere else this morning and felt like he needed to be present at a, a specific situation. And so that change came my way. And um, instead of, you know, just... Uh, you know, pushing back and saying, ah, I got this. I said, you know what? I'm going to overcome these barriers. I know I got a busy schedule and I'm going to be here uh, this morning. So some of you might be in the same boat where when changes come your way, you get excited. Maybe some of you, when change comes your way, uh, you get scared or nervous. I know some of us might work for companies that at the beginning of the year, they're ready to make a whole bunch of changes, and you just have this sixth sense for when change is going to be coming your way, and your defenses uh, come up. But we are going to be talking about when change comes our way, the attitude that we can have and how we can change the trajectory of how we respond uh, to that change. Uh, we also have three kids, and so I don't know about those of you that have kids, but I have kids that don't like change as well. And when change comes their way, it can sometimes uh, not be uh, communicated in the best way. Um, but sometimes, like, when they communicate, when change happens, like, I want to communicate like they do. Um, and my oldest, Elia, is very much a routine schedule person. She wants to know what day is home days, that's not a school day, what day is school day. And so I snapped a picture on one of those moments when she thought the next day was going to be a home day, but I had to break the news to her that it was actually going to be a school day. And this was her response uh, to me telling her that, because for her it was change, and that change was um, not a pleasant change and came her way when she thought she got to be home the next day. Um, but somehow it's kind of funny because when a positive change comes her way, like uh, telling her she gets to go to grandma's and that's also a schedule change, this is not the response I get. I get a very different response uh, than this. Um, but we are going to be talking about uh, two people in the Bible, and we're going to be picking up a story that Pastor Taylor started last week. And if you missed uh, last week's message, you can always um, watch those online um, or go on the app and catch up. Um, in our series, we kind of like to build on each other each week so we can kind of continue the conversation and go a little bit deeper each week. But I'm going to fill you in uh, with what he went through last week, and we're going to get to build off the story of two individuals in the book of 1 Samuel. So if you brought your Bibles with you, we're going to be in uh, chapter 18, and we're going to be talking about uh, a character called King Saul. And King Saul actually reigned over 3,000 years ago. And I think we have a picture of him that was depicted. It's not a real picture. It's a painting. But King Saul was in charge. And as a king, he was the first king of Israel. And he had everything, as most kings do. And there was someone that uh, got under his skin. And maybe some of you who grew up in the church or remember this Sunday school story 
But there was someone that enters the story of King Saul's life that really rattled King Saul, and that is a character named David. And David was a shepherd, and he came into fame in the story in 1 Samuel um, when he defeated Goliath. Some of you might recall that story. But something about that interaction really, really rattled Saul. And Pastor Taylor talked about this last week when he shared the scripture about the women coming out after uh, David had defeated Goliath. And the women came out and started singing this song that King King Saul had only slain thousands, but David had slain tens of thousands. And they started to celebrate David in a way that really agitated Saul. Even though Saul had everything, he was so agitated by these lyrics that these women were singing. And that's where we get to pick up the story in uh, chapter 18, verse 8. And the scripture says this. It says, Saul was very angry. The, The refrain, that song, displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, but me only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. But Saul, he had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. I don't know about you, but uh, we all have been thrown spears, whether it be uh, not literally, but more figuratively in our lives, where people have said something to us, where someone was saying something hurtful, where we were uh, approached with change and maybe we were the ones that said something hurtful. But we all have thrown or received some type of spear. Here, Saul was having to deal with the anger that he had towards David. And he was wrestling with that. And he threw a literal spear. And I brought this spear that uh, we had from last week as an illustration of this. But I know for me, just like when I was um, in a conversation this week, I was really tempted with one of my coworkers to say, well, oh, you're taking a vacation again? Oh, you you think that I was going to pick up that slack from that project you weren't going to finish? And I wanted to throw a spear. Again, not literally, but figuratively. There's times where I don't maybe want to throw a spear directly, but I really kind of like to do like a side jab, like, um, oh, I remember my first time filling the dishwasher. Or, oh, like, I remember when uh, my wife did all that laundry for me. Or, oh, it must be nice to be able to sleep in in the morning and not have to get up and help get the kids out the door. And it's easy to sometimes let those comments slide off your tongue when you're angry or you feel like you gotta be on the defensive, or you know you work for an organization that's gonna release all those changes at the beginning of the year, and you feel like you gotta go into the new year holding a spear, because you know that it's gonna come down from the top, that you're gonna have to change your um, technology, you're gonna have to change your processes, your systems, and it's just easy, instead of listening through the changes that are coming, to pick up a spear, because you feel threatened, because the, the fear of the unknown of what's, what's going to happen with those changes, what does that mean for me or how I do my job? And that can be the quickest and the easiest thing to do versus really wrestling with, why is this eating at me? 
Why is women coming out in the streets and singing about this new warrior bothering me? What is it inside of me that I feel this insecurity, that I feel like I gotta pick this up and come into the situation with my defense up, my walls up, instead of coming into it with a, a voice of curiosity, trying to navigate what's really behind the, the spear that you're trying to pick up. For some of you, this past week, maybe you were more on the other end of the spear. You were like David, and you were just trying to dodge the spears that were coming at you. People saying unkind things, or your boss coming into your office and just derailing the, the whole project and saying, hey, you know what? This isn't going well. You're not doing this well. You're not good enough. Maybe we need to find someone else. Or maybe in your relationship, you felt like they were coming at you with spears. You're not doing this. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you go there? Why didn't you get this done? I told you I needed to have you do this this week while I wasn't here. And you felt hurt by spears that were thrown at you this week. And you felt like you were the one that needed to be escaping the situations. For some of you, you've held this spear for a long time. And you're not sure how to operate any differently without holding a spear because you have those deep hurts and those pains. And this is the most comfortable place to be because you feel like if you don't have a spear or you're not ready and you're not gonna be on the defense at all times, then you feel vulnerable. For some of you just coming off the holidays, you went into the holidays and you knew that you had to have a spear because there were some really tense family situations. And again, that fear of letting that spear down or your guard down in a sense, felt like you were gonna be vulnerable and you didn't wanna do that. Some of you may just avoid situations altogether because you don't wanna be throwing spears and you know that's your go-to. So then you withdraw and then you isolate. What's really interesting though is when you sit back and you look at why you throw spears, why did Saul throw a spear? It's because he was living in fear. And that fear of someone else being better, someone else rising up to power, that ate at him. If you think about those moments this past week, when I even reflected on the moments where I was throwing spears, where I was making side jabs, or maybe kind of just like poking the bear, it was out of fear. Whether it was the fear of the unknown, it was fear of the change that was coming and not understanding the change that was coming. It was maybe fear to have a difficult conversation, to spend time processing, hey, where is this coming from? Is this from a prior situation in, in my life where I'm being triggered? Is this bringing me back and reminding me of a relationship where I felt hurt or I felt alone? And this now current relationship is triggering that and that fear is being fueled that way. Fear is an unpleasant emotion. It ignites scare, the scare inside of us. It ignites something 
that is dangerous, that we feel like, oh, just uh, this emotion I don't want to touch. I can touch other emotions, and those are more tangible for me, like anger. But this is painful. This creates a threat of vulnerability. It's kind of ironic because in 1 Samuel chapter 18, the whole section is titled Saul's Growing Fear of David. And that's exactly what happened. Is that fear just didn't stay consistent. It grew. Saul was afraid of David. And that only grew. In 1 Samuel 18, uh, verse 12, it says this. It says, Saul was so afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. He felt like he had something he didn't have. He felt like David had something that he didn't have. Even though he had all that fortune, that fame, that security evaporated from him. And Saul begins throwing more than just that, that spear in that room with David. He begins a pursuit of throwing spear after spear. And this pursuit leads to him wanting to kill David because he was so afraid. He was so afraid of what David had that he didn't have. For some of us, that fear that's inside of us is like Saul's. It's growing. And we're not sure how to navigate that because that's all we've known. And it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. And we want to be more like David. We want to have that security and we, not, we don't want to live in that place of, of fear and carrying spears and throwing spears. Later in 1 Samuel, in verse 28 through 29, it says, When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter, Michael, loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. And I want to pause here in the story and just say, Saul, why didn't you step back? Why did you throw the rest of your life? You remained that way the rest of your days. Why didn't you step back and say, hey, I need to process this. I need to figure out why this song ate at me and now why this pursuit of David is gonna consume the rest of my life. I have everything. I'm the king. David's not the king. I am the king. But that wasn't enough. See, with fear, it fuels more fear. And that's what happens for Saul's life. It has a nasty habit of growing. It's kind of like wildfire. And I've seen this. It's like a, a spiral where one fear fueled another fear, which fueled another fear. And I got more insecure and more insecure in who I was. And it affected my emotional well-being. It affected who I was as a mom, who I was in my job, and everything in my life because this fear was inside of me and it kept growing and growing. And the safest place in those moments was to continue to carry a sphere 
and hurt the closest people around me. The other thing that fear does is it, it constricts. It's really hard to grow. Change is inevitable, but John Maxwell said we have the option to grow through it. But if you're living in a state of fear just like Saul, it's really, really hard to grow. It's hard to better yourself. It's hard to sit and listen to others and help them grow. It's hard to build those relationships and those connections. And it constricts you from opportunities. The last thing that fear has, um, the, 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 um, the way that it, it can fuel um, negativity is it takes what is rational in your life and it turns it to what might be irrational. And then that irrational becomes rational. So things that, fears that are like, well, what if I get this sickness or what if I have this diagnosis or what if my boss thinks that I'm a, the worst employee and then, well, what if then he, you think he's gonna fire me? Well, then I don't have a job. Then I'm gonna lose my house. And those things become so irrational because of that spiral of fear that then they become rational. And those things become real. And that reality sucks you into that fear cycle over and over. And that's what happened with Saul. His irrational thoughts of what he thought about David became rational to him. The irrational thoughts of, I need to kill David, became rational, and he was able to justify those emotions so he could continue his pursuit after David. Have you ever noticed that in others when you sat with them or maybe you joined a small group and you got to hear someone else's story and you, you sat there and on the outside it was easier for you to see that the irrational is now rational for them. And you're like, that's the farthest thing from the truth. That's not, that's not reality. What are the facts? And you're trying to communicate and have that conversation with them that, hey, this is not how it has to be. You don't have to live in this fear. And you don't have to carry that fear. For some of us, we need to ask ourselves, in this fear and to try to really push through some of these irrational thoughts, we have to ask ourselves, what are we really afraid of? What is it inside of me that's really at the root of this fear? Or maybe that's what you need to do someone, to someone else who keeps throwing spears at you is sit down and have that conversation and say, what are you really afraid of? What is it that scares you about this situation? What is it about this change that is unsettling to you? What is it that I can do to help? Are there things that I can do to help remove those barriers or help you process those fears? How can I help? It's really hard when a sphere is throwing at you when someone asks that question. When you approach them with open arms and not another sphere coming back at them, they begin to put their sphere down. Their guard comes down. 
And I know that you're going to say, well, this is going to be an obvious answer to how I need to approach this. But what we need to do in these moments is we need to say, how can I love this person? What does love require of me in this situation? How can I love that person that's the most unlovable person in my family or my coworker or my boss? You might find that if you approach them with love instead of another spear coming back at them, that you might start to peel layers and understand their fear or maybe connect with them with a similar fear that you have had. Maybe you might find out that your boss they don't really think they're good at their job. They're afraid of losing their job, that they don't feel good enough. Or there's something going on at home. Their marriage is struggling. Or there's a strangled relationship within their family between them and a child. You might find out that when you approach someone with love, that they're suffering with some really difficult decisions that you didn't know about, that maybe personally they've had some health issues. Maybe they're trying to navigate how to better take care and be a caretaker for their parents. You might realize that there's someone behind that fear, someone that you can love and get to know better and build a relationship with and say, how can I help? For some of us, we got to set down that spear. We got to maybe figure out better how to love others instead of throwing spears at them. Or maybe better figure out how to love the person that God created us to be. And we need to figure out how to navigate those insecurities and the reason that we're throwing those spears. In the, in the book of First um, John, um, there's this scripture, and First John is a letter. And it's believed that this letter was written to uh, a couple different um, potential house churches in Ephesus, and um, many scholars believe that it's written by the Apostle John. And he says this in First uh, John 4.18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. This is not easy. We got the opportunity to uh, experience this by a heavenly father who sent his one and only son for us. We get to read about the stories in which Jesus showed perfect love. But sometimes that's really hard for us wasn't easy for King Saul. And you might be surprised, it wasn't easy for even David. If you read uh, chapters 18, 19, 20, 21 of 1 Samuel, um, it's really, really good. Um, even if you're not a Jesus follower, you're unsure about the Bible, um, the Bible is a great way to get a lot of drama, a lot of, there's a good romance, there's a lot of action, um, but 1 Samuel 18 through 21, a lot happens after the interchange with Saul and King David. 
After uh, David marries uh, Saul's daughter, uh, he's on that pursuit to kill David. David um, then is trying to escape. His wife helps him escape, but they come to her wondering where David is at. She puts an idol with some goat's hair under the blankets. She tells them that, hey, he's sick. Come back, try to kill him later. They come back. They figure out that it's an idol with goat's hair under the, the blanket. And then by that time, David's already long gone. He's escaped. Uh, and then this um, pursuit is happening. And David's running, and he has nothing. He has no home at that point, no friends. Um, and he ends up in um, a place called Anad. And um, he goes to that place and that high priest and for a long time, David is not living in a state of fear, but he comes to this point, just like Saul had, where he is living in a state of fear. And he asked this high priest, he says, do you have a spear? And it's kind of like, David, I thought you got this figured out. But he wrestled with this just like Saul did. He was human just like us, that fear inside of him, that running and escaping of someone who wanted to kill him, ate at him, that fear, it grew. And he felt like he had no choice but to find a spear in those moments. For some of us, we can figure out for a while how to navigate what love requires of us. But then it's sometimes easier to slip back into our old habits when those change, when those change comes our way, when things get shaken up, when the ground underneath us begins to kind of break away. Things that brought us security aren't bringing us security anymore. And it's easy to pick picking up a spear again versus choosing to love. It's interesting because during this time that David is running, he is also writing. And we have the account of what David was writing during this time when he was running from Saul. And so in um, Psalm chapter um, 27, it says this. This is what David wrote. He said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it's my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. What would it look like if we said the Lord is going to be our stronghold? That we can't show that perfect love without something anchored. Without a relationship anchored in him. What would it look like if we could say, I'm not afraid. I'm going to be confident. I don't want, want to live my entire life feeling like I have to hold up a spear and be afraid. Even when enemies come after me, I want to be confident that God's got me. 
because I know that I'm a son or I'm a daughter of a heavenly father who loves me. And I know it may not always be easy and it's not gonna be perfect and it's not gonna be exactly how I think it's gonna go, but I'm gonna rest in the fact that I know that he loves me and I want him to be my stronghold. What would our lives look like? Those people that are hurting you drop their spear or you stopped throwing spears at them. What would it look like? if you could begin to show love. You could ask the questions. You could meet people with curiosity or ask yourself those tougher questions of what am I afraid of? Because when we trust him as our stronghold, we don't have to carry the weight and the burden of carrying this around. At first, holding a spear may not seem like a really great weight to carry but after a while, it weighs on you. It weighs on the people around you, the people that love you. And the fear takes over. For some of you, you know this quote, but Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have decided to stick with love, for hate is too great of a burden to bear. What if we did the same thing and said, I'm gonna stick with love? Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, and you just said, you know, I'm gonna stick with love this week. I can't carry this around anymore. It's too much work to try to be on the defense all the time. Or maybe it's just too painful to continue to be around people who throw spears at me. I need to step back and I need to figure out and ask myself how I can better love those people who keep throwing spears at me. Because hate, fear, it's too great a burden to bear. And I wanna drop this. And I wanna let go and I wanna say, you know what? Lord, I want you to be my stronghold. I wanna to be accepted, I wanna be loved by you. I wanna hold on to you. And I wanna share that same love with people who keep throwing spears at me. Because it's too great a burden to bear a spear or throw a spear back. So ask yourself this week, what does love require of me? How can I help? How can I hold on to the one who's got me so I can love others better? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in perfect love, there is no fear. We thank you that you show us that love each and every day. So we don't have to live in a place of fear. We thank you that you want to be our stronghold. So we don't have to be angry. We don't have to live a life of isolation. We don't have to hurt others because we're hurting. I pray that this week, 
that we each can see opportunities where maybe spears are coming at us. And it's going to be easy to pick up a spear and kind of throw it back at them or figure out a way to kind of jab back. But I pray that you give us the wisdom and the courage to not pick up that spear. That we can say, how can I help? There's something in this situation where I can help you. Or you can ask the questions of, what are you afraid of? For those of us who maybe have been throwing spears this past week or maybe for even a season or years, I pray that you can soften our hearts in those moments where we just want to throw spears. That we can sit back and reflect and say, this is too great a burden to bear. I don't want to live a life of throwing spears. I want to live a life of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of love. And that we could run to you in those moments. Thank you for showing us perfect love. In your name we pray. Amen.